You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to the Waystation. To ensure traveler safety and comfort, please deposit your baggage at the door. The Waystation encourages open discussions. All stories are also accepted. Rest from your journey through life. Enjoy your stay, and please come again. again. Hello and welcome back to the Waystation. Hey. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm hungover. <laughs> so basically, we flip-flopped from the last show, if you listen to it. Uh, the last show, I was the one that was like kind of dead and in my pajamas. And this week, it is Megan's Me. turn. So Megan is also Me. the host of the Waystation because she didn't introduce herself. So It's okay. I'll do it for you. Um, I just want to uh, warn you that I will sound like this for the rest of the show. I have something going on with my throat. It might have to do with the fact that I sang about 400 songs last night um, at Megan's party. <laughs> hey. Since I wasn't getting drunk, I had to do something. <laughs> so I just sang I was a lot. doing all of that. Yeah. Megan got drunk and sang a lot of songs. Yeah. 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 I did. Probably the smarter of the two, but now I sound like I've been sounding like this ever since um Fantasticon. Though actually, I woke up on uh, Monday morning after last weekend's convention, and I just I felt like human garbage, and I had like barely a voice at all. And so it's been going in and out all week. So you know, blasting uh my voice out to like Evanescence and Coheed and Cambria probably not the smartest choice to do, but I had a lot of fun doing it. So fuck it. Yay! <laughs> That's where I'm at with my life. Um, so yeah, we had a St. Patrick's Day party over at, um, Tom and Megan's house. And by the way, Tom is joining us in the studio. He is. Yeah. He's hiding in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> they put baby in the corner. I did. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. But we will introduce you because it's only fair. And of course we have, uh, <laughs> Dave hanging out with us, running the boards and being awesome. We, I know <laughs> it's always a good time here at the way station, <laughs> especially when one of us is hung over, uh, which I feel is every episode. <laughs> I don't. I think it's, it's most somebody. Been pretty good. It's somebody. I think just the last two episodes. Really? Well, yeah. Starting a honestly, new trend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We just have to take turns. Next can't episode. Be the same one of she's, us. she's gonna. Oh my gosh! The day that we come in, both of us are. <gasps> oh my god! We won't have a show. I will not be here that day. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it sounds terrible, but whatever. So, um, we went. I had a party over at Megan and Tom's house last night. It was their first year doing a St. Patrick's Day party, and uh, Megan cooked this amazing beef stew. See, and I was the entire time I was making it, I was like, I hope it's good. I hope it's good. Because me, I'm, I'm like a goat. I'll eat almost anything. <laughs> <laughs> this and, is true. And for, I, I just didn't know. It felt like it was missing something, but apparently it wasn't missing anything because everybody loved it and it's all gone. So speaking of goats, I have to bring this up because Do staff it. posted about it and, and I, it was just yeah. all about it. And we've, we've noticed a trend because our buddy Jared that does Daily Detroit um, posted an article about uh, the, the goat yoga. I know my friend's thing. there right now and I'm uh, or was there like a couple but, hours ago yeah. and I, I'm so jealous. And what we noticed is that white girls love goat yoga. Like it was all like all of the comments were white girls from the suburbs tagging their white girlfriends from the suburbs with squeeing oh my God! comments and apparently so apparently uh, that so you've got starbucks uggs 
goat yoga. I don't like Uggs, okay? I do like Starbucks. Hold on, hold on. And I I'm, like goats. I was about to say, I like, I like two of those. Yeah. And you know what? It is weird because I was actually looking at buying a pair of Uggs, so I'm kind of glad I did but They're ugly. Uggs they, you know are what? ugly they are, as shit. But they have, some, they have some that actually don't look half bad, but it's just the fact that my feet are always cold, and I hear that they're really warm and comfortable. They are not winter weather boots. They're a fashion statement. They're fashion, not function. Yeah. Yeah. Just get a no, pair of for snowboarding me, boots. And just you're, wrap you're a blanket around I used to, you know what? Foot. When I was a kid in high school, I had, I was wearing a pair of ski boots to school. They were black. They were like black ski boots that had like orange, well, no, like Well, ski boots orange. or moon boots? No, they're not moon boots. Sorry. Like actual Sorry like, skiing like skiing boots. boots almost. Aren't ski boots like hard plastic? They have the harder pla- – no, no, they have like the harder plastic I – have, I have snowboarding boots, okay? And I wear those instead of like regular boots because they really do keep your feet super warm and the insides of them are like super insulated and cushy. Um, they're amazing. Well, we and I don't you, even snowboard. We can get you some <laughs> legit winter weather boots. We get you some Mickey Mouse boots. That's a nickname. I was going to say the military Mickey Mouse cold boots. weather boots. They're good for like negative 60 or negative something. They're insanely – warm well luckily we don't have to worry about that right now because it is march it is starting to warm up yes michigan did get uh, some snow but you know fuck that we're going through second it's, winter and it's not over yet eh, i'm not i'm i'm not worried about it it's michigan you're not it, worried it about it till next week when we get like another foot of snow i won't worry about it then either because i won't be driving in it so as long as i don't have to drive <laughs> in it i don't really care so you're gonna be stuck somewhere yep i'll be stuck in my house i won't leave and i'm okay with that <laughs> It's like a it's, it's it's a universal truth that everybody knows about me. In the winter, if it's yep. snowing, I will not fucking I won't drive. If it's so. snowing or if the roads are bad, both of us, I won't I won't drive. No, I make him drive everywhere. Well, I don't like driving in the snow. Yeah, At least so. if you get stuck somewhere, we can find you in the snow. Stephanie's gone. She gets into a blizzard. She's gone. It's a whiteout. So, so, <laughs> so basically, what he's saying: the past couple of days downriver, we've had no power. Uh, some of well, us have power we now. Because why? That's awesome. But in yeah. other words, what Tom's saying: um, there's a blackout. You won't be able to find me, but you can find her. There's a snow out. You won't be able to find her. You'll be able to find me. Thanks. She was what? Thanks. She's the one that kept Windot lit up during that blackout. <laughs> the beacons are lit. With her fluorescent white skin. <laughs> I've always said that's why the extreme skiers that like do like the crazy dot jump off the helicopter down like that's why they were like why they were the bright colored ski oh, jackets because yeah. that's how you find them under the avalanche. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's why we're black a lot. <laughs> so people can find me in snowstorms. <laughs> then I'd be fucked because I, I wear a lot of black too. You wouldn't be able to find yeah. me when the power's it's, out. It's okay. I'd be like right in front of you and be like, hey, what the fuck? Where? Is there a ghost? It's like a Scooby-Doo cartoon. You just see the teeth and eyes. Oh, my and she God. Shuts them all. As racist as it sounds, it's it's still funny. Just, Why? It is kind of funny. Did you see the? There's a video out there of a guy, and all he does is like, it's at night, and all he does is this. He, go, he closes his eyes, and he goes, <laughs> what? I swear to God. Swear to God. That's all he does. You have to look it up. And he I is, will. He and it's like hilarious. Black magic dark. I, and it's hilarious. It is a Scooby Doo cartoon in real life. Oh man, I die laughing every time. You guys I find like the weirdest stuff because you're the racist. Internet. That's why you laugh. But anyway, I'm gonna yeah. bring us back around to this party that we had last night. Yeah. Before we stray too far away, I'm gonna lasso you bitches back. Oh, we in. already did. Um, Before we attract too many Trump voters, right? <laughs> well, we gotta be careful. 
So Megan made this great um beef stew and like potatoes, like had all this food. They had like all this liquor there. It was crazy. Megan was like falling on the floor, I think by like nine o'clock. I think after an hour, mm. like I had been there for an hour and you were like already I was upset about something. Yeah, you were mad about something. Oh, and just, rum. And then there you just no decided rum. to lay down on the floor, and she has two dogs, and they so were just, we like, were just swarming like, over her like sharks, and they're not little dogs. No. <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm trying to, like, help her up, but there's, like, two giant dogs just, like, walking over her face, and she's cracking up. Her dog's drooling all over her. <laughs> because it just it just so happens where I uh, laid down at, and I, I mean... It, I wasn't, I don't think I was that far gone at that I, point. I don't think you were either. But I was just giving up. Like, I was just like, I can't, I, we have no rum. I she can't really have, wanted rum. I really wanted yeah. rum. Um, well, you didn't say you wanted rum when I was doing liquor shopping. And you know what? I, I didn't think because I thought we had some. You so said whatever. tequila because you didn't think half a fifth was enough. Nobody else drank tequila but you and, um, did Eddie? Yeah, Eddie did. Eddie, exactly. Eddie had some tequila. It's okay. Exactly. It'll it's be St. there. Patrick's Day. It's not tequila day. No, it, it's always tequila day. It's in my household, doesn't matter if it's freaking Kwanzaa, it's tequila day. It's a day that ends in Y. Mm-hmm. But, um, so yeah, it turned out, everything turned out really good. We had a yeah. lot of fun. Um, Megan doesn't like drink a whole lot. So like when she, when she says she's going to drink, she's very serious. Um, I do. she's like, I'm, I want to get alcohol poisoning drunk. And yeah. she said this. I did. Um, I don't believe I she got alcohol poisoning I did drunk. Not. I think her body stopped her before she got to that level. Yes, it did. But we were doing, <laughs> doing rock band in the basement and like Megan just disappeared and after like 15 or 20 minutes I was like I better go see where she is because it was kind of late you know yeah and I saw that the bathroom door was shut in your room and I knocked on the door and I was like Megan Megan see I don't ever remember that she didn't answer me because apparently I told Tom that she didn't answer Tom goes into the bathroom and she's just passed out I am like she in was the bathroom. kissing the toilet like <laughs> nice nice cold bathroom floor I think we've all been yeah. there yeah but it she was just out like <laughs> yeah. she was not awake okay so hold on before, <laughs> like before lip, hold her on her bottom lip was on not but the toilet seat but like the it. toilet rim hold on but hold on just knocked Tom, out shut uh. up I swear to god before we get into that let me my let me remind everybody that when the party had started and I got home because I was a little late for my own party, which didn't matter anyway. Um, I cleaned that toilet thoroughly. Did was, I not? It yeah, was a clean I, toilet. Who who might have used that bathroom between you cleaning it and a couple hours not, later when you were making? We out have with it. two bathrooms. It and it literally like really like two feet from each other. Huh? It's not a big deal. There I are, cleaned it. I was not worried about it. In worse places than that toilet. So Yes. I've I passed like out on other about... toilets before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not her first you toilet. You got a bad habit of passing out on toilets. <laughs> hey, but at least she makes it to a, a toilet. This is true. I know people would you just throw me... right where they are. Yeah, no. I feel it and I'm just like, oh shit, gotta go. And mm-hmm. I'll make a beeline for as that. As long as you're not puking in the floor vents. Like uh, <laughs> like my buddy Rob did no. one time. Oh my God. But, oh. For days. So yeah, I passed out um, on... <laughs> On the toilet. Face on the toilet seat. It um, felt, but it, again, porcelain, it feels so nice. It does. It does when you, when you feel like you're. It was clean. I wasn't worried. It's your, yeah, it's not a big deal. So long story short, uh, Megan got put into bed and tucked in. Yes. A little bucket put next to her, you know, just in case. Just in case. And we all kept going in and checking on her like every like 15, 20 minutes. I was out. 
because I don't remember. Up. Like I, I remember move. bits and pieces of Sarah coming in and hey, hey, let's let's we're gonna move you, okay? And I'm just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> like as long as I don't have to move myself, I'm fine with this. <laughs> she was holding my hair, and then this guy over here is forcing bread down my gullet. Mm. Eat this now. Well, she I, hadn't I, eaten I, anything. I made her. I had like, eaten. Drink a bunch of water, and I was like, here, eat this bread bowl. Just you got to eat something. You need something to puke. Mind up. you, I didn't You're eat like that bread eating. bowl. The you dog a, did. You took a bite of it and then set it on the bathroom floor. And the dog and ate the it. Dog yeah, ate it. <laughs> the, the dogs ate so much bread. I swear to God, they gained like fifteen fucking pounds. Okay. I think they're both gonna be pooping out like a whole loaf. Of bread. Yeah, you find like loaves of bread in your backyard. Well, when it's I, okay. When Don't I, be surprised. When I cored out all the bread bowls, I was giving them all the little scraps from the inside of the bread bowl. So they had oh, a shit type bread. Well, so they discovered they liked it. Oh, uh, oh yeah. It. I mean, her dogs will eat pretty much anything. They're, they're goats. They, yeah, they are. Bruce goats. is a goat. They they learned it from watching Megan. I learned it from watching you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know what? I, Bruce, no. Because she Cause always eats, eats drink cardboard. carriers and cardboard boxes and yeah. tissue paper. And her favorite treat is just to sit down with a roll of toilet paper and just eat it. <laughs> the whole thing. That's where Bruce learned that. Just self-wiping. Just makes its way out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. I like that. Yeah, it worked oh, for Bruce. God. I think you could still go in the backyard and find some like frozen – Poopy toilet paper. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, so long story short, Megan Megan got as drunk as she wanted last night. I did. I did not get drunk because I knew I'd have to be the sober one today, and I'm totally fine with that. Well, next um, year you're getting drunk. Okay, ne- next year that's a whole other year. That's a whole fine. Because next year you're both are getting drunk. I don't care if you have a podcast the next day. You're both doing it because you're both going to play battle shots. I, yeah, that I, I went through think, a lot of work yes, making that, and the, nobody it, complained. Wow, I, didn't, I, wow I love how he, I made a. I I did it. I no, forgot we, that that even was a thing. I remember did you mentioned it. You did a selfish prick. <laughs> I, I, so I didn't. I forgot that that was actually a thing. Oh. So but next, no, and I also forgot Changa, and then I'll just yeah. do like shots of like. Something that's like five percent alcohol, like pucker, <laughs> like Boone's Farm or something. I'll drink Boone's Farm. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, that's terrible. I Why do not. you have wine coolers? Shut up. Uh, yeah, but, where did he come James, man? Where the hell did you get the Zima from? Hey, bringing, man, that's they, coming back. They're bringing it back. We're what? gonna do battle shots with Zima. Oh my god, that's too much malt alcohol. You know that will make me throw up. Malt, malt <laughs> alcohol. Thinking about it is making me throw up. Uh, the, all right, so we're the, the, the white guy in me says anymore. Zima really wasn't all that bad. I I drank a lot of it in the nineties. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I was drinking it illegally, but it was it's all right. When when it's illegal and you don't have to pay anything, you don't have to pay for, or if it's illegal because you're too young to do it, it's like you can't really complain. You just you drink it and you shut up. That's what you do. (laughs) But anyway, so long story short, the first party was a success at your house. Thanks for having us over last night. We everybody was safe. Um, everybody was safe on our end. Nobody drove home drunk. Uh, people crashed out at your guys' house. Yep. Yep. And you know, me and the people I was with, we made sure that we didn't drink. So. Everybody had at least one designated driver to get yep. home. Yes, everybody was safe. We hope everybody out there was safe too, and that um, oh yeah, everybody's like, feeling okay today. I know that there's a lot of people out there <laughs> who are not, but um, I'll be all right. You know, it's it, we make choices, we pay our prices. So uh, I we hope my you had choice fun. like three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for this day. Yeah, she, you were prepared. You've been I talking about this for weeks. Yeah. Yeah, so we knew this was happening. Was well, okay. I think uh, maybe next Friday we should do St. Patrick's Day Part 2. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo? Yeah. I still got some yes. booze. I still got some food that I, I can know, cook up. I don't know. Somebody finished off that Absolute Mandarin and I was pissed because I was like, 
There was like, I think it was, I think it was uh, Sarah. I think Sarah finished it off because I made her one and she's like, that's really good. I was like, shit, I shouldn't have made her something that was so delicious. Exactly. <laughs> Damn, that I think she, it was like the only thing I wanted to drink last night. And then I came to get like a second one and it was just gone. And I'm like. <laughs> and we'll have to do twice as many jello shots. That was like a half a gallon of vodka and four boxes of jello. We're going to have to double that. Well, they were really strong. Those things were disappearing. God, fast. they were strong. I only had one. Once I found out they were made out of five o'clock vodka. <sighs> yeah, I'm like it. All the cold water in the recipe was replaced I, with vodka. Yeah, okay, that's so it's fine. supposed to be like a cup of cold water. It was a cup of vodka. Well, no, I, I get that. <laughs> but, but you but, should uh, use. But good the vodka. five o'clock, well, five o'clock. I told her, I was the like, recipe Melissa. only calls for half of that. So eh. they were made extra strong. And then yes, you're using twelve dollars for like a gallon of booze. So I told. I'm like you. Not get, not the best stuff. Yeah, and that stuff is like fire water. It's like poisonous. Well, I swear. I think next year. I'll make some and uh, whatever flavored Jello I have, I'll get a flavored vodka to go with it, so then you're not tasting the alcohol as much. And as long as it's above, still get Toro. I, I highly recommend the UV brand. Like so, like it's it's still fairly cheap, but it's like yeah. it's a good mixing vodka, and they've got UV blue, UV red. You UV, had yeah. some, yeah. I, had, I, uh, I, lo- I love pink the pink lemonade. lemonade. Yeah. So now UV blue with uh, regular lemonade, you make that drink. It tastes like you know. Remember the little uh, blue icicles that we always had when we were kids. Uh huh. It tastes exactly like the like that. Oh. It's amazing. Dave's face just like learn something new like, every day. <laughs> the more it's you the know. bartender in me. I I can I can give you all kinds of drinks that taste like other things. <laughs> just letting you know you were invited i know i was he, okay. he had a long day so yeah I so understand. we had a, we had our we had our huge event down at the majestic on thursday night and mm-hmm. then i had to wake up and be at nancy whiskey at 8 a.m on like friday there. morning like there like in, there and setting there. up and then that happened and then you know the owners were so happy that we were there and they like us so they kept going back to get the good whiskey from the office and bringing that out and the bad. Hey, I'm not mad. I slept so good last night. <laughs> <laughs> See, everybody was out partying and having a great time, and I. Yeah, a lot of people were like, a lot of people were like adulting hard last night, and and in bed by like eight, nine o'clock. They were posting about it on Facebook. I'm just like, wow, my friends are responsible. I mean, I I haven't slept good in like weeks, so I probably should have stayed home. But I mean. I don't get um, to see you guys a lot, so going to bed early and not drinking and being responsible on St. Patty's Day is like celebrating Christmas with no presents. <laughs> <laughs> you should not oh. feel good the day after St. Patty's Day. I feel great. You should be Ralphing I'm not in the toilet anymore. I'm headache. okay with it. Like we did talk about that. Like the fact that St. Patrick's Day was on Friday was like a rather you know it is a once every few years occurrence. Because mm-hmm. um, normally if it's on like a Wednesday, you're like, all right, you know what, I'll, I'll either you know take the day off and and go out in the morning, or but you know I'm still gonna get home early and crash. Like l- last yeah. night. I, a lot of friends on my Facebook feed were seriously overdoing it, um, and and wow, uh, and God bless them and God love them. Like I'm like I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, you know what? Like I think it was last year, St. Patrick's Day was on a Wednesday, and I was like, you know what? I have I'm not taking it off. I don't I don't care. I'm yeah. I'm not that into yeah. it anymore. I'm not gonna drink. I would the never day. take. Off I would take work. the following day off. And that's exactly all the girls at work are like, um, or Marissa or something. She was like, uh, what what does St. Patty's Day fall on a Friday? She's like, I call dibs. And I'm like, sitting there thinking, okay, you know what? That's fine. Whatever. I'm like, you know what? 
I'm going to take that next day off because I know I want to get drunk and I know I'm not going to want to go to work. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. The well, rest on was that history. note, that was our uh, our first little part of our show. We're going to take a quick little break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some Kickstarters this last week in science and some other stuff. <gasps> nice finger. <laughs> it's not stopping. It's okay. <laughs> You're listening to the Way Station podcast with Megan and Stephanie. You're listening to the Way Station podcast with Megan and Stephanie. Hello and welcome back to the Way Station. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm taking Tylenol. And that's your other host, Megan. And we have, we have Tom with us as well. Again, uh, it's been a little while since we've had Tom on. So welcome back, Tom. Hey. It's Thanks fun. for uh, joining us today after St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Tom got a little drunk himself last night. He barely, I think he drank like what, like three times a year? Something yeah, like that. something like that. Yeah. I'm a holiday Which drinker. Which I realized that, um, what was it, yesterday while I was at work, I was like, oh my gosh, I get to see my husband drunk for the second time in my entire life. <laughs> I was so excited. Too bad you're too busy puking in the toilet to see me drunk. That so was anyway. like later on in the night. Shut your face. <laughs> We're totally going like to go ahead o'clock. and... Uh, Move on to some other interesting things that don't involve vomit. Yes. Um, actually, this this stuff kind of involves like anti-vomit, if that's a thing. I don't really know what that means, but we're going to go with it. There's a couple of Kickstarters that I wanted to um, just go over quickly. They're, a couple of them are um, – I think they're all up in April. Um, two of them I've, I've uh, been able to pledge to – so far, um, it's kind of hard because I am an independent creator myself and I pay for everything out of pocket. It's hard for me to pay for other people's Kickstarters, but when I can and I can support people, um, I like to do so. So, um, the first one I wanted to talk about is a graphic novel called Follow the Wave. Um, it's by Italian artist Stefano Cardicelli and, um, he does, he works for Heavy Metal Magazine. So if you're familiar with that, you're familiar, you should be familiar with his art style. Is that like, that's still a thing? Yes. Yes. It's still a thing. It is still, it, it's still, I mean, it says he still works there. Um, I spoke with him. Um, I actually, after I found, um, this Kickstarter through a friend's page, I added him on my Facebook and, um, he accepted it and I messaged him and I said, I just, you know, wanted to say hi to you. I really like your art. I think you're really talented. And I just, you know, I'm really excited to get follow the wave when it comes out. And he was super kind and, and super, um, appreciative and, uh, he's a really nice guy. So, um, yeah, you can get um a soft cover uh follow the wave for like 20 bucks. Um I think that includes shipping. Um there's a lot of other tiers too. It's a 52-page graphic novel, so it's a fairly decent size. Um but I recommend going to um check it out um <clears throat> on uh Kickstarter and it's got 20 days to go and it's a third of the way funded already, so I know it's going to get funded. I I feel pretty confident about that. Um, the second one I wanted to talk about is called, uh, Monsters and Other Scary Shit. Uh, <laughs> that is wonderful. Um, uh, Russell, who is the person who put all this together, was actually supposed to be on the show, but he is a, between his con, uh, his con schedule and my con schedule, and we couldn't get it to work out. But the, it's an anthology, um, with a ton of different creators, um, that have worked, like, with Nickelodeon, that have worked on, um, 
just all kinds of different great projects. Um, and it's everything to, it's everything to do with monsters pretty much is what it is. So if you're into monsters and you like anthologies, I would recommend this one. Um, I think it's going to be getting the glow in the dark eyes on the cover because they've, um, surpassed their goal already. So, um, they have 19 days to go on that one. 437 backers. It's insane. This book is already wow. over 20 grand. Um, and they were only going for 16. And, um, yeah, so you can get the hardcover nice. for 40 bucks and it's huge, like 224 pages. So definitely worth it if you're into monsters. I'm obsessed with monsters. So this is kind of like a no brainer for me. I think all of us are. Yeah. That's just, you know, monsters are pretty sweet, especially if you're into horror and stuff yeah, like that, or definitely. even like cartoons. Cause like, ah, real monsters and, and things of Dude, that nature. I miss that show. Yeah. Like, and there's stuff like that in this book. It's not all scary stuff. It can be, it's anything monster related. So definitely check it out. You know, Russell, hopefully we'll be able to get him on the show someday when our con schedules do not conflict. Um, and then there's another one and it's taking me, um, a minute here to find it. Um, it's for staunch ambition issue number two. And, um, this is by. I actually met him um, at, I think it was the Monroe Comic Con, um, Brian Lau. This is um, issue number two that he's putting out um, that's currently up. And I'm just give me a second here to uh, grab this link because I have a lot of emails that people send me. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know where I'm at, but now I do. I think we're good. Okay. And it's like a kind of like a science fiction um, type story. And it kind of talks about... Um, how like the natural turns into the supernatural. There's like a lot of like it takes place in space. There's like a, it's very science fiction-y. Um, I did read um issue new zero. Um, I haven't gotten beyond that yet. Um, but it's still up right now on Kickstarter. It's got 14 days to go. Um, and um, Brian's like a really talented guy. He's really super cool. And uh, Leah uh, Letterman, who's who's done editing for my work um, and will be doing editing for my work uh, works on this project as well. So if she's proud of it, then, you know, I, I say it's worth backing. So definitely go check that out. That's uh staunch ambition issue number two, and it's a supernatural science fiction story. And um, that one has 14 days to go. So get there quickly. Were there any Kickstarters that you've been keeping an eye on Meg? I'm broke. So no. <laughs> She's like, I don't watch things that I can't have. I do that all no, the time. Well, I know because Tom <laughs> Tom has a problem. He's seen something nine times out of ten. He's probably going to buy it. Yeah. So we is now that I need a I car. Should not be we don't at Kickstarter. Yeah, no. We'll spend money that we don't have or don't afford to or can't like as much cool shit. Like I, I got like four. No. I think four Kickstarters that I'm waiting for them to come in. They're all like in those final phases. So hopefully, like in the next month or two, I should be getting a lot of stuff in, and that's the problem. Yeah, <laughs> I go to look at one thing. Somebody's like, "Hey, you should check this Kickstarter out," and then I'm boom, boom, bagging boom. like ten things. And then the YouTube effect happens, and you just go yep. down the rabbit hole. Yep. And, oh, here's exactly. another one. Oh, here's another one. Oh, here's another one. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's not like, oh, this is cool. I can kickstart this for ten bucks. It's like, no, there goes eighty dollars. There goes a hundred. Is two hundred. Yeah, Ooh. because like, yeah, you could fuck. just get the basic thing for ten bucks. But then if you want this, this, and this, and possibly oh, that, exactly. oh, that's an additional twenty. Yeah, and what the cheesy poofed. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Um, according to Kickstarter, I have 
kickstarted 25 projects that I've already paid for. <laughs> um, and they've all been comic books. No I have offense. not bought, oh, except for one game. I bought the Necronomicards, which we haven't gotten to play yet. Oh. I played it one time. Um, it was, a, it was, a, it's a lot of fun. It's really easy too. So we'll have to play that one. Um, but I think I showed you it had like those really cool, like tarot Tom, cards. Tom backed. What did you back? It's the same people who made Exploding Kittens. Uh, Exploding Kittens. They, uh, they did bear, bears versus babies. <laughs> Yes. I know who wins. I'm waiting for that to da come. The bears. The babies. Bears. Come on, bears. Bears will beat babies any. <laughs> maybe they're maybe they're mutant babies. Maybe. Uh, I mean, if they're like I'm... eight feet tall babies, then we can talk. I- I'm waiting for that to come in. And then, of course, when I was looking at that, they had a link to say that their very first exploding kittens expansion, imploding kittens, is available for purchase. Like you don't have to back it. They actually were successful enough that they can just sell that. I'm like, God damn you. I don't have the money mm-hmm. for that right now. Click. Wait <laughs> <laughs> till we get a car first, and then you can click on all the links you want. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what the really sad thing is? is? I'm going back through, and I can. There are several issues of things that I have not gotten that I have paid for. So I'm going to have to be getting in, t- in contact with some people. Uh-huh. Hey. Mm-hmm. That and that's one of the things. Like I love Kickstarter. I think it's great um, as a tool to be used for marketing. Um, I would say do not put something on there depending on people to pay for you to market and sell your product, or or not not market and sell it, but to um, pay to get it made. That's the problem yeah. that I think that we're seeing here is there's a lot of um, issues that. Robocop uh, statue. <clears throat> Uh, well, okay. Maybe that. Um, there's a lot of issues where people are like, you know, they're asking for a lot of money and it's like, you know, we need this to pay our people. If you can't afford to make the book, then maybe you shouldn't make it. That's my, yeah. that's my thought process. Yeah. If you're using it because you well, need it to get the money to print it or to, and your, or a marketing if tool, it's your then I first, feel like it's fine. If it's your first book, that's what it's for. Kickstarters to start you. If this is your second book, you probably shouldn't be using a Kickstarter. You probably should have made enough money off your initial product to then fabricate a second book. Well, the the problem with um, people who are putting their first project up on Kickstarter, they're unknown and people don't trust people who are unknown. I have a hard time because I've been burned by people who are newer publishers or I, if I don't know somebody or they're not somebody who I've heard of through somebody else. If I feel there's no accountability there or I don't know if there is, then I'm not going to pledge because that's my money that will just go to them and disappear. And there is no rule that says they have to give you the product. You, they, We can't sue um, them to get that product on Kickstarter, or our money they back. have to. If I make a pledge for like – I made a pledge for Bears vs. Babies. If they don't give me a copy of the game, they have to give me a refund. Because the money goes to the people. It doesn't go to Kickstarter. So they can't refund you money that's not no, it, give. No, it does. It goes yes. through Kickstarter to them. Kickstarter yes. takes a percentage. You, well, yeah, yeah, they take a percentage, but the bulk of the money you're, goes to the creator. You're, so you're protected, if, though. You, you so can, then I can go through for everything that yes. I've pledged and get all my money back. If that if they did not fulfill their end of the agreement and give you the product that you back, You can go and complain. Because they're supposed to give it to you in a timely manner. And I mean, but, most but people can't take is, on that risk if they're not if because then they're if you have the money's it, like, not coming out of Kickstarter's pocket, it would have to. No, it it it'd be like a it'd be like a small claims type of case, but on a grander scale because you that, have that, that everybody happen. going after it. 
It's the same thing. If you sell a book on eBay and I buy it and then you never send it to me, I can sue you to get the money back or the product because it, all the transactions are there. The transactions are on Kickstarter that, showing that you pledged your money. That. I've never heard of anybody doing a class action suit read, to get something read, back from Kickstarter. Read terms of service on Kickstarter. I'm, I'm not talking about the terms of service. What I am saying It'll is that It'll tell you that you're people, protected, though. Fine, then, it's probably because people don't know about it. Just because, just because you might not have heard, you might not have heard about it doesn't mean that it's not real. I'm not saying it isn't real. What I did say is that I have not heard of anybody doing a class action lawsuit to get money back from a Kickstarter that didn't get funded. So even if that loophole is there, well, it's not about getting people funded. don't use it. For one, if I pledge to back your Kickstarter and you don't get funded, my credit card is not supposed to be charged. Yeah, no, it isn't charged. Okay. Oh, it only so, gets charged if so, it's funded. So from Kickstarter. If you get funded. <laughs> so yeah. the, the question is, can Kickstarter refund the money if a project is unable to fulfill? The answer is no. Kickstarter doesn't issue refunds as transactions are between the backers and the creator. Um, it says the funds are transferred from the backer's credit card to the project creator's Amazon payments account. It's up to the creator to issue a refund uh, through their Amazon payments account, but you can dispute the transaction for up to 60 days after the charge okay so that's and your that, recourse that's understandable but that's what i was saying I, I knew kickstarter doesn't give you money back it would right. have to be because they don't get the money yes they get a percentage because they're they're facilitating you to be able to you know get funding for your yep. book and that makes a lot of sense um but i just have never heard of anybody actually getting money back and that's my issue like you know who i'm talking about with a certain people oh, yeah. who have had that's... a couple of kickstarters well cause... if we tried to get the money back it would not happen well even if we would have disputed it within 60 days they wouldn't they because we know but these that's, people but they, and they the whole, use the money but, but then that's on amazon so that's and that so there's your trail of accountability the accountability is on amazon the accountability is on well, your credit card payment you know because i mean you if you open a dispute with your credit card you know company about a transaction that's then on them. Like so, if I like, I mean, it's no different than you know, someone swipes your credit card number and, and uses it for an online transaction. You come back to your credit card company and say, "Look, that wasn't me. I'm filing a dispute." That's on them to then handle it and and get you your money back. Well, I think the thing is, is like some of these projects, it'll be a month or two after the after the pledge period is See, over. And that's where the that's where and, the and that's what it seems to be happening. That's not even the fulfillment time, like. I have a one of the projects I backed it I backed it last summer. It's right. almost a whole year. But that's just where okay, I can sue you. Just because you don't have the money doesn't mean that I can't sue you for the money that you owe me because I pledged to you and you didn't fulfill your end. All there's the all the electronic uh paperwork is there to show that I made a pledge, you failed to fulfill your end of the agreement. You essentially stole totally my money. Understand. Now you spent that money. Great. I'm suing you still and everybody else is going to sue you and then we're going to get a court decision against you and they're going to garnish your wages. They're going to take your income tax return. They're going to – courts are going to do whatever they have to to get that money back to the people that spent the money for the project. That's, I just that have never failed. heard of anybody doing that and I'm not saying that you can't do it because I, obviously well, it's – I, I think mean, some yes, people, legally you can. Some people just let it go. Like, oh, I, I spent like, 10 oh, bucks yeah, on a backer. Like who, who cares about 10 or 20 bucks? A lot of people – it's not worth going for 10 or 20 bucks. But some of these backing projects where it's like, hey, 500 bucks and we're going to put oh your God. face in the in the project. Yeah. Um, 
if I give you five hundred bucks and you fail to give me my product, uh, I am definitely suing you. Which technically, the people we've had problem with in the past, we technically there are already files, uh, uh, lawsuits claimed against them. Against them, it's just. Again, just not for that stuff, just for other things. Other things. Well, yeah. Yes. I mean, the, the largest one, I mean, you're just pulling it up quick. I mean, so like, you know, the, the feds actually stepped in on one of them uh, because Good. it was uh, it was one hundred and twelve thousand dollars. Oh, um, and so like that's the issue that I, that I don't think a lot of people realize when you're getting involved in Kickstarter, like as a creator and you're taking funds from people, odds are good you're taking funds across state lines. Oh yeah, that uh, makes it not a, anybody. That's well, that makes it not a local police issue. That makes it a federal issue, right? Not necessarily who you want to have come knocking on your door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's good to know that you have sixty days. But like Tom was saying, a lot of these they say like you're not going to get fulfilled until like the end of the year. So yep. you go in knowing that, and you don't think, oh, I should check and see if it's been sixty <clears throat> days yet. And if so, and I haven't gotten a, a Kickstarter update, should I message these people and be like, hey, I'm going to dispute this if you don't? You know, it's really kind of a hard thing to know what to do. Yeah, in that I guess situation. that any good. Seemingly, any good creator, anything that I've backed, they've done the second that the pledge period was over, they'd send you an email. And then every other week, they would send an email for an update. So you know what's going on. You know when to expect phases to happen. So you kind of get an idea of when you're going to get your product. Right. So you usually have enough time within that 60-day period to go, well, this is fucking bullshit. These guys are fucking up. They're not doing it. Because if I don't get any email correspondence saying this is how the project's going, this is what's happening, then I'm going to start questioning you, the creator. Right. And I mean, I want to be very clear that almost everything that I've pledged for on Kickstarter has been fulfilled. I've met a lot of these creators. I'm friends with a lot of these creators. And Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them are very trustworthy. There's just some people. There's some bad seeds out there um, that either A, maybe have good intentions, but B, like they don't know how to fulfill. Like they get they get in over their head and they don't know how to fulfill it. And, you know, in that case, then maybe you just refund the money if you don't know what you're instead of taking it and then causing yourself more woe just refund people their money and like show that at least you have good intentions that maybe okay i got in over my head i'm a new creator here's your money back let me re you know recoup myself get my shit together and then you know maybe try something with this later on when i know a little bit more um and then you just have people who are out there to scam there are people yes. like that um so you just have to be like I said, I, I no longer back projects unless I know the people or their friends of creators that I know. And it's one of the good things about being in the um the industry is that I've met a lot of people, um, maybe not necessarily in person, but like through Facebook that are friends of friends that I've spoken with and I've learned a lot about. And um it kind of makes it easier because I feel like that circle, I'm more in the know of like what's going on with all these creators. So yeah, it helps, you know, when it comes to like, you know, what you're going to pledge on or whatever, but it's, it's Kickstarter. It, it is what it is. But I just, uh, this couple I wanted to mention because, um, well, Stefano's, uh, follow the wave. Um, he's been working in the, in the business for a really long time and he has like a long track record and his art is just out of this world. It's, it's a thing of beauty. So if you're into, well, yeah, I mean, art, if it's in heavy metal, I mean, I, I, that stuff was always amazing. Yeah. He's, um, he's, he's just like, I, I, looked at this Kickstarter and I kind of lost my shit a little bit. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I didn't even know who this guy was until, and then I, you know, like I said, I introduced myself to him. He was super nice. And um, yeah, like he's just really talented. And that's one of the great things that I think Kickstarter does for people is that I never would have known who he was mm-hmm. 
had I not gone on to kick or seen somebody else post the Kickstarter, it helps. It's a really good marketing tool. Uh, for people that want to get their work out there. So, um, well, that's how I find most of the ones I wind up backing is somebody sharing it on Facebook. Right. Which, and that helps creators too. Even if you can't back them, I know like Megan shared, um, you know, Kickstarters for people. I've done it. Yeah. We try to do what we can to help people that are our friends or have good products or projects. Um, like that's how I found Follow the Wave. And like Dave said, that's how he's found other stuff. It's like, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a good thing to do for your friends. Even if you can't <laughs> back it now, if you can make that, backing a success by helping spread the message, exactly. then there's a chance that you might be able to pick that product up later on because it would have gotten made right? Exactly. as opposed to just being lost. Exactly. Exactly. So there, there's that. Um, so definitely check out those, um, those Kickstarters. And we've got a few minutes left here before our next break. Um, there was a couple of things we wanted to talk about. Uh, you know how we sometimes talk about sciencey things here. Science. We, it's weird because like we talk mostly about comics and like entertainment, but then we like we we like space stuff and like science shit. No math stuff. Really not into math all that much. The maths. Math is hard. We don't like the it, maths. It's because <laughs> math isn't sexy, but science is. Science is super sexy. Oh my god. Yeah, it's really sexy. Sorry. And is. me without my beakers. <laughs> Very sexy. I mean, I'm going to start heavy is, breathing into the mic. Is here that a beaker shit. in your pocket? Or you just, just happy to see. <laughs> oh my god, I can't <laughs> I react to that. Oh, okay. So, well, there's a couple of things that we were looking at, um, um, and it's not this week; it's last week. Because this week, the, this week in science was actually kind of boring. Um, and I know that's maybe rude to say, but unless you like solar powered plants, which I mean, that's cool. It's like interesting stuff, but stuff that we're not super pumped about. We're like, okay, it's cool. I mean, hey, that's, that's a good thing. It's, it's um, solar powered plants. Maybe I could just cover my house in plants and you could not have solar. You know what? And We've maybe the government, the energy of maybe the, the government yeah. can't sit or even not even the government. My city won't have to yell at me. You can't put those solar panels on. Uh, I do what I want. They'll be like, you can't have all that vegetation on your house. And why that has a lot of, uh, a lot of rules, man. I was about to say, there's tons of houses that have like ivy growing on the side of their house. Like, please, just leave but me But they're alone. not harnessing that ivy to feed their yeah, power. Yeah, but they don't grid. know. But they don't know. <laughs> How are you going to know? How are you going to know if, if my ivy is powering of, my freaking house? If I'm taking please. money out of the utility company's pockets, they're going to put a kibosh on that right away. Mm. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, this is probably the most interesting thing that happened in science last week. And, last and it's actually week. been being talked about for a while. Um, and there was, there's actually some jokes going around on the, uh, on the Facebooks and, uh, the interwebs, uh, about how as soon as, um, Donald Trump got into office, NASA was like, yep, we're going to figure out a way to get to Mars and fast. Get the, <laughs> they're, they're like, fuck this. We're getting off the planet. So, um, the U.S. government has issued, um, or it issues the NASA demand, uh, get humans to Mars by 2033. And there's been a, um, the, it's called the NASA Author- <laughs> Authorization Act of 2017. Um, and it basically. I feel like you had a problem with syllabulum fossus there. I, think I it's, did. It's authorization. I, huh? Authorization. Authorization. No, you know what it is? I just didn't read it properly. Oh. That was just. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, t- I'm like talking faster than my brain's working. So. <laughs> I do that sometimes. Story of my life. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> they've got like, you know, almost 20 billion in funding <laughs> for this. And 
it's basically the mandate is that we're supposed to get people to Mars by uh, 2033. So it's definitely within our lifetime, guys. Like we have hope that we could live on Mars someday. Dude, what was it? Right. What was I just get I your just ass saw to something. Mars? That's was, what I was thinking. I'm like, um, that's your advertisement right there. Just Arnold. Arnold saying, get, get your, your ass, ass to Mars. Mars. Yep. That would make me want to go. But you know what? <laughs> we could barely even keep keep our own planet under wraps. How? Why? That's why we need a new one to. We need no. a new one to rape and kill strip mine no. and destroy. We're all doomed. We well, are all doomed. The I, aliens are going to murder us all because we're a bunch of greedy bastards. Don't they have to like terraform it before we can live there? Well, yeah. I mean, there's that's there's a whole and this is. Didn't you idea. watch Interstellar? <laughs> no. I didn't either. Well, there was a story a couple weeks it's ago where they actually really they found movie. a way to grow plants on Mars. They were like, yeah. some kind of algae that they yeah, found. Yeah, so they could start that whole terraforming process and get it to, you know, get them to release oxygen and yada, right. yada. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and, it, and it's not, it's like I said, it's something they've been talking about for a while, but now for some reason they're putting it at the forefront of their, um, uh, of their plans, their long-term plans, uh, for NASA. Um, and the main goal is just to get us near or on the surface of Mars in in the 2030s. Mm. So I don't know what that necessarily means for us as as a people or how the this is going to work out. That should mean that all the rich assholes will be leaving because they're the only ones that can afford to leave. This is so, so it's, it's going it, to – Oh, no. They'll send, they'll send a whole bunch of poor people first. Yeah, they're going to test it on the poor let's, people. Let's be honest. I'll raise my hand and <laughs> be one of the poor people they test it um, on. Weren't they asking <laughs> last year for volunteers? One oh, way the SpaceX trip to Mars? thing, yeah. Oh, uh, well, yeah, it's a one way, though. Like, you have well, to... You... Duh. <laughs> yeah, but what, there's nowhere to go yet. It's basically like you're going to Mars. But they're already recruiting people And you're going to die on a ship. Like, you're you're basically being recruited to be to die in space. That is a little bit more scary to me than if they're saying, hey, we have, you can live out there, you know, on a, this really cool spaceship that's like revolving around Mars or whatever, or there's like a little area on Mars that we've terraformed and you can live there. I would totally do that. That would be amazing. But if I'm just going there because they're just like, we, we just want to see how people last. Just want to see how quickly people die. Right. No Basically. fucking thank you. <laughs> I'm good here. I don't get, you know, flaming hot Cheetos if I go to space. I don't get to pet my dogs. <laughs> I mean, there's so many things. I mean, if what if you're in a ship with like, you're just by yourself. Like, you're never going to, you're not going to get no sex. No, like, they couldn't send you by that's yourself. That's horrible. They'd have so to it's send like the a, worst thing ever. They have to send enough crew members that you can all start going cabin crazy, and then uh, it turns into a horror film. <laughs> it's basically what it's going to be. It's Event like Horizon. Oh my project. god! No, I would go on that ship because Event it's Horizon. the ship that takes you to hell. Okay. And I'm—I mean, that would be a fun ride, right? No. Oh, hey, uh, if Sam Neill's there, if, I'm there. That's all you, I'm saying. If you if you do <laughs> slow mo. When they're doing like the frame by frame videos of hell, there's a lot of sex going on. There is. It's it's bloody though. It's like it's well, it's mean, violent. I was gonna say something, but I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> Don't you want to be uh, fucked to death? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! It'll, um, it'll hurt at first, so, and then it'll become enjoyable, and then it'll hurt some more, and then you'll die. I mean, but I'm a huge fan of Hellraiser, so none of that stuff like bothers me. I'm like ah, mm. skinless people with like chains all up in their bodies. It's so normal, and I love it. Mm. I don't know if you if you haven't read Secrets Best Kept, have you? No, I haven't got it. Okay, when you there's a couple of stories, one that Jason wrote and one that I wrote. 
You <laughs> well, the, the author was supposed to hook bit. me up with a signed copy, and uh, she she hasn't shown up with that signed copy. I have buy co- off of her. I have copies at home. I have the. Oh, I have. I can sign them for you whenever you it. want. I, I have it. Secrets dude. best kept. Yes, the novel, like the big book that her and Jason wrote. Yeah, it's not a huge yes. book. When the hell do we get? Where are you hiding it? <laughs> it's at home. No. I'll spot. come over and sign it again in front of you if it makes you feel any better. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, there's a couple the stories time. in there that you, 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 people, I think people just think I'm like this really nice person. And then until they read the stuff that I write and they're like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I've had so many people at conventions after they've read my comics come up to me and they're like, you scare me. Or like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Or like things that aren't necessarily flattering. God, and I'm like, maybe what? they need. Maybe I really do need to just start writing my dreams because yeah. I have yeah. some fucked up shit. In my head. It doesn't matter. Broken but people are the most interesting people. That's what I'm saying. You have to be kind of. You have to be kind of broken to be a creator. It's. It is mm-hmm. what it is. But okay, so we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna have Ken Johnson. We're gonna talk about the man who watched Batman Volume Four. That's gonna be coming out soon, and the new and first comic he's putting out called Corpse Core. We'll be right back. And we are back at the way station. I'm your host, Stephanie. Meg has stepped out for just a moment, but she will be right back. Um, and now it's time for our illustrious guest of the hour. Uh, hey, Ken, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad we could finally make this happen. I am so sorry. I sound like a boy going through puberty, but, um, <laughs> it's, it's really bad. I'm a little squeaky. So just don't mind that. Um, <laughs> So we have Ken Johnson with us. Um, Ken's a, he's a, he's a writer. He's a creator. Um, he's worked on such things as, um, the, the man who watched Batman. Um, the, there's a series of them and volume four is going to be coming up soon and we will get to that shortly. Um, but you've taken your first little, uh, soiree into comics. Yes. Which is super exciting. I'm so excited for you because it's a, it's a whole different thing, like from doing prose and, so tell us, okay, first of all, tell us about Corpse Core and then, and then I have a billion other questions. So we'll just start there. <laughs> sure thing. Um, so Corpse Corp is described as a, uh, a high concept slasher comic paying homage to a lot of the, uh, horror, the big horror franchises of the, um, the eighties and nineties. Um, um, so, um, Basically, what it the actual series um, consists of is it takes a very similar approach to a lot of self-aware horror films like Cabin in the Woods, where there is a like an in uh, in series meta reason for like why all the horror stuff is happening and all that. But rather than going in that direction, what it is is that the Corpse Corp company has hidden cameras all over the the various camps or different places that these um these slashings are taking place and they just take all the footage and edit it together and sell it back to other stupid teenagers <laughs> which i thought was i laughed i'm not gonna lie i was like i'm that stupid teenager who bought that stuff <laughs> or went and watched that stuff <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> no there is not <laughs> but um i really love this concept and when you, when you said cabin in the woods it this that's exactly um like the vein that I felt this really was in. And I loved Cabin in the Woods. I liked how it, it kind of broke through the whole, um, the, the, the fourth wall of, of horror. And, mm-hmm. uh, so I really, I actually really, really enjoyed this and I'm super excited to see where it's going. So issue one, this just came out, correct? Yes, came out. Maybe the digital copy came out a month ago. I'm literally getting, uh, print copies like just now. So, 
that's that's exciting. So do you have them in your hand yet, or are you still waiting on them? Um, I got the proof copy about a week ago. Um, I've just been waiting to drive out to Plymouth to pick up the rest of them. So you, you go to Greco as well. Greco's yeah, they, the best. The, <laughs> yeah, the print I got from the proof, just like first time seeing it, like, um, you know, printed was just like absolutely amazing. The, you know, the way that the, in particular, the, the color for how it printed was like a big deal because of the, the unique tone, the, you know, the changes in color palette do from time to time. So right. Like seeing how vibrant it was, was a really awesome to see. Yeah. And those guys are great too. Cause they can, uh, I just had to get um, issue two of psychopath printed in like a week. They did it in two days. Nice. That's why I love, I love Greco. Well, it's technically it's Wellspring, but it's Greco. They're out in Plymouth. So if you're from Michigan or even if you're not from Michigan, you can order online. Um, and they do a really great job and, uh, I highly recommend them if you want to do print on demand. So I'm glad that you had a great experience with them. That's awesome. Especially with your first comic. Cause it's so exciting. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's like you hold that first one in your hand and it's like all that work come to fruition it's a beautiful thing <laughs> absolutely and it looks like um you've actually got some you worked with um emily zalesco on this i know her that's awesome yeah um she was a recommendation from travis mcintyre we uh um we had a long series of different people who are working on this comic from one time or another like it was uh, at least for the first issue it was a uh, you know it was a troubled development for quite a while but um when she was recommended the 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 funny thing was is I was looking through a portfolio when we first started and a lot of her stuff was really good, but I was worried that a lot of her stuff didn't ex- didn't immediately fit the style we were going for because a lot of her stuff she works on is a lot more, um, you know, steers a lot younger or cartoony. And so I just casually mentioned that to her as I was trying to, like, assemble whatever the. Uh, you know, the art test was going to be when she was being uh, being poached for it. Mm-hmm. And she literally just sent me a message saying, well, OK, then just send me the bloodiest freaking picture you can think of and I'll do it. <laughs> oh, that's my girl. <laughs> yeah. The one that she sent um, for those who have read the comic, there's a there's a sequence about halfway through the comic where the main character is zoning out while another character is waxing poetic and he's just picturing all these different horror movie deaths. And there's an homage to Friday the 13th part three when he squishes the guy's head and, the mm-hmm. eye, and his eyeball comes out. Yep. And we actually like gave him 3D glasses and like one of the lenses is popping out as his eyes going forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was, was that the test page? Oh my. Oh God. yeah, that was the test page that is, is beautiful. The, the 3D shot. <laughs> I love it. See, you know, and that's, that is the, the testament to somebody who's a great artist. They're like, okay, this might be out of my, my normal zone, yeah, but your hey. comfort zone. Yeah. But I'm still going to do it. And yeah, throw, it's still going to look good. Throw me your worst thing and let's see what I can do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think that once we figured that out between, you know, her and Jason, uh, the art style was something I, I tried out and several different artists trying to get it just right where the, the tone of the comic wanted it to, I've always kind of pitched it as kind of like a, an R-rated Hanna-Barbera cartoon <laughs> where like when things aren't going like, you know, completely south and bloody and everything that the comic is meant to feel a lot more, uh, you almost 
80s cartoony my very like scooby-doo-ish kind of vibe yeah um, and that. then but at the same point the art style would be flexible enough that when things do go um you know com- you know completely off the rails that it still fits and in a way it was just kind of me doing an experiment to show you know that horror can be funny and it can be vibrant and it can be colorful but still be you know horror absolutely i I I enjoy it. it's it's like a nice it's like a it's a nice juxtaposition you know you get like you get kind of like the fun campy stuff and then you get you still get the blood and gore that you really want <laughs> right I horror is my favorite that's what I write so uh, look I haven't written anything quite as um as funny uh, as yours but you know maybe someday maybe someday <laughs> <laughs> I get a little serious with my work but. <sighs> that's to each their own. And I really, really enjoyed this first issue. Um, so I know this one just, do you know if this is going to be like an ongoing series or is it a limited series? Well, the, the entirety of the original art story, I haven't decided if I'm doing, I might do more as an anthology kind of thing, but Jack's adventures end in four issues Okay. Um, for, for corpse corp. And the, the point of it is that each of the four issues is named after a different horror cliche relating to what's going on in the comic. So issue one is never go into the woods. Issue two is the black guy always dies first. Issue three is <laughs> um, never get high in horror. And issue four is the good girl always lives. Uh, and those are all their tropes. I guess you two ladies are fucked then. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say, Megan's mixed and I'm not a good girl. <laughs> Here's the weird thing. Like, this is actually a joke we make of the comic during the, the second episode. It's always, like, for whatever reason, it's only the black men that die first. That yes, is typically that true. Is, that is true. Because That's, Alien be vs. Predator, even though it's a, you know, an action horror hybrid, is one of the very few black women last girls there are a couple but even in screen two which is the one that you'd normally think of because jada pinkett smith's character gets the most screen time as quote-unquote the la- as the first girl but even then her black boyfriend dies in the bathroom beforehand yeah so even that one doesn't count <laughs> uh, i mean these tropes are tropes for a reason there is a uh, definitely um a lot of thematic patterns to uh, horror movies in the eighties and nineties, especially when it came to slasher films. Um, so it, that's, I mean, for people who aren't really into horror movies, they, these are tropes that have been ongoing for a really long time. And it's, it's nice to see them represented in comic books too, especially for people who are really into that kind of stuff. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to to take the story forward. I mean, I've seen so many people get excited about the the direction the comic is going and it just it's so hard to just kind of like, you know, like bite my finger and be like excited for like you know all the stuff that's remaining to come. Like we reveal uh we reveal Jack's horror persona at the beginning of the second issue. You know, we get to meet the, you know, meet, you got a chance to get a glimpse of the, the actual counselors at the end of the first issue. And, you know, we have a lot of fun with them. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, we're getting to what would normally be considered quote unquote, like the beginning of the horror movie, you know, with the second issue actually going to Cam Carpenter and seeing, you know, how, you know, Jack's actual mission goes. And so I think that's, um, going to be really interesting to see where that takes off. Absolutely. And I think the first issue sets it up. It, it's perfect. Like the, the pacing was really good. Um, 
pardon me. Uh, the pacing was really good. I really, I really enjoyed it. Like there was n- nothing that I didn't enjoy about this first issue. So you guys did a really good job. And even with all the, the trouble that you, <laughs> it sounds like you had to kind of go through to get this put out. I'm glad. I mean, it worked out really well for you. So that's amazing. And then I'm excited for you. Well, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. I mean, it was one of those things that, you know, the trouble was kind of a double-edged sword because it gave me a chance to, you know, I don't know how many, you know, like script revisions or, you know, idea changes happened during the time in which I was, you know, you know, adding and losing, uh, you know, uh, pencilers and colorists and so on and so forth. But I think it, on the whole, that probably made the end product better. Um, but at the same point, it was also like a mental thing that like when things went wrong was kind of a thing of realizing like I've worked on this one project longer than like any other project I've worked on. And if I haven't given up on it yet, then there must be something, you know, there must be something about this thing that's worth, you know, yeah, it, it worth means, all the trouble. It's uh, absolutely it's a- it means something to you. And that's that when you believe in a project that much, then I mean, it's like you have to put it out. You just have to. <laughs> the way it works at least in my book anyway if i work on something for that long and i have that that's that passion and you know being an indie uh creator a writer an artist you know whatever aspect of it you take on you have to have that passion and because if you don't have it you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to sell your book to people if you don't if you don't believe in your book um, you have to really believe in it. And it sounds like <laughs> since you didn't give up, you absolutely believe in it, which is, that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. Pardon me again with the, the frog in my throat. <laughs> if it's not one thing, it's another with the show lately. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, I also I wanted to touch on um, the man who watched Batman. I know you have volume four coming out soon. And I really love the concept of this um, series, and I know this is you. You did all the writing for this, um, and it's not a comic series. It's just it's a it's a book. Is that correct? Yes, they're. Okay. Um, I kind of usually I hear people refer to them either as like review novels or like essay novels. Okay, um, is usually how people define it. Um, for those who haven't heard of it before, uh, the man who watched Batman is. Uh, in-depth review series going over the entirety of the 1990s Batman the Animated Series. I went through uh, through four books, went through the entirety of the show, episode by episode, scene by scene, line by line, uh, reviewing the entirety of it and, you know, analyzing it from front to back for a total of 122 episodes. Oh my God, that is amazing. Okay, first of all, you're you're on the right show because we are all obsessed with Batman, the animated series. <laughs> Megan, myself, Tom, we all wow. love it. We're all big Batman fans, but especially of the animated series. It was one of the greatest. Where uh, did you watch all of these? <laughs> um, Most of them I watched Amazon Prime. Like, it took me forever to figure out who owned the syndication rights to it um, because Warner Brothers stuff is kind of spread all over the place. Yeah. Um, but I already had an Amazon Prime subscription, and luckily, like, all of... Because it's weird, because Batman and Superman animated are both on Amazon Prime, but Justice League is all on Netflix. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. It's all over the place. It's, wow. it's because yeah. they want you to spend your money. They're like, if you like this thing, you're probably going to like this thing, so maybe we should just split them up and put them on two different things feel so like we can that make is money. exactly what uh, they do. It, yeah, absolutely. Like, um, I don't... <laughs> But it's impressive that you watched every single episode of the show and wrote 
I wrote about every single episode because I kind of want these books now. Well, no, and that's we're going to get to to where we can get these books because that is definitely a thing that we should have. I yes. feel like that's a life <laughs> a life goal achieved if we do. That. Um, but it's a that's a very serious undertaking. There, there, that's a lot of shows. <laughs> yeah, it. Um, I think by the time I got to the final episode, Mark, which was about a month. Yeah, probably about a month ago or so. I think I had hit maybe about two and a half years of, of writing it. Um, it's been a wow. it's been a labor of love for a long time, you know. So and it kind of comes in phases. Like, you know, sometimes I'd write like an episode a day for like a long period of time, or I'd get burnt out and take a couple months off, or like, you know, it, it kind of went back and forth until the very end when I did volume four. Like after I took maybe about four or five months off, I wrote pretty much the whole damn book in like a month and some change Jeez, wow well what made you choose what made you choose batman i mean not not that i don't know you know I, i'm a batman lover myself but i'm just i think a lot of it was a uh, fun coincidence i mean i've always been a, a fan of of batman in general and you know batman the animated series and uh back in was it 2012 now i think it would have been um, I, w- um, I was currently going to film school at, uh, Compass College of Cinematic Arts in downtown Grand Rapids. And, um, what I would notice is that as soon as I got home each day, you know, I'd, I'd sit back and relax and eat some, eat some dinner or whatever, um, in my kitchen. And right as I got home each day, the hub network would play two to four, depending on what day of the week it was reruns of Batman the animated series every single day um throughout the week and so at that point i figured it'd be a good time as ever to start trying to watch more of it and so it created this mental link i think for me that i just associated with the idea of going to film school learning about all of these different concepts and all of these different theories and that kind of thing and then imme- then taking that and going home and watching batman and applying that to it yeah so after film school like just whenever i would get bored i'd write like just random film reviews or stuff like that to you know create keep the you know creative blood flowing and i had a really bad time where i had lost two jobs in three days um and i didn't have much of anything going on for a good chunk of time And I needed like some form of creative outlet or I was going to just fall apart. So I came up with the idea that just at this point, it was just a blog series that I was going to force myself to watch through the entirety of Batman, the animated series from beginning to end. And then I would, you know, write reviews of it and like write what my thoughts were and kind of see how the show developed over time. And then as, by the time I got to about episode like 12 or 13, I started realizing how long these were because I'm like, well, if each, you know, episode takes me about, you know, anywhere from like eight to 10 pages to write about. And I have 20 to 28 different episodes in a particular season then I'm going to have like a novel sized amount of content by the time I'm wow. done. This is a math free uh, podcast, just so you know. <laughs> no, nobody nobody here is gonna do that math. We like the science, but we do not like the math. Math is so hard. Math Fair is enough. so hard. Uh, no, but I 
we, I do it. That's a lot. It's a lot. Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah, like, so, so at that point, like the mental like idea clicked for me that like if I was able to like assemble this in a format that like looked professional, if this was like, you know, like a thing people would actually read or people would actually buy. And um, it kind of just grew up from there. And when the first book came out and I started hearing like this is the first time I've ever published anything I've ever asked people for money for. First time I'd ever kickstarted anything. Like it's a lot of, you know, crazy firsts with that. And the stories I got back from people were just jaw dropping for me. Hearing stories about people who read the entire book without the series and they just wanted to read the book. <laughs> like blew my mind. I had a friend of mine who said that she read the entire book in one sitting on a plane. And I'm like, I couldn't read my own damn book in one sitting on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that's, that's somebody's got to do it i guess that's, that's <laughs> yeah. dedication or a really long flight <laughs> right i think the moment that really struck it for me was um i went to a con on a whim i think it was grand con three years ago which is just still like one of the luckiest things i've ever done because like everyone i've pretty much met almost everyone i've met in my early days of comics i met at this one con decided to go to at the last minute um, including that's where I met Dirk Manning. And at the end of the day, like five minutes to the end of the con, I had like one book left in my bag and I'm like, you know what, what the hell? And I gave it to him cause he sa- said it sounded like a cool idea, you know, you know, if you case you get around to it or whatever. And two and a half months later, I was at another, at Great Lakes Comic Con and he was about two booths away from me, you know, and you know, I noticed and, you know, he waved me over and he said hi. And we talked for a few minutes and I sat down on my table and I forgot about the book <laughs> that, it, that I gave it to him. <laughs> and I was thinking in my head, I'm like, OK, so it, if if he doesn't like the book, then he won't want to bring it up. And, you know, we'll just go on a, off on our day. But if he does like it, he'll likely, you know, go out of his way to say something. And sure enough, about 20 minutes later, he walked over to my table and started just gushing about how much he liked it and, you know, how much he really liked the, you know, where the series was going. And I had a moment sitting down at my table where I'm like, this guy doesn't have a motivation to lie to me. Like, there, there, there's no, you know, there, there's, he has no, like, it, if he didn't like it or he, you know, he has no reason to try to, uh, you know. Right, he's he's you not know, trying to like woo you. Deflate it or anything. Yeah. <laughs> he's not. I hear exactly what you're saying. <clears throat> let's, well, that's awesome. Jerk is a good guy. He does read a lot of uh, independent comics from people that he meets and books and then things of that nature. So he's definitely – and he's a good resource to tap into um, for advice and stuff like that as well. If yeah, he's from the he's been a great area. help to the, to the series in general. Like he has a main quote that's on the cover of like all the books and then when Corpse Corp Hank came around, I actually – you know, he was the one I approached to – you know, let me use his likeness for the character of uh, Mr. V is based off of Dirk. Oh, my God. So that was so much fun to, like, picture Dirk Man. I guess, like, literally like this Walt Disney of horror just walking around his own company. Oh, my God. See, and and oh, my God. OK. And that, I can I can I can see it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of fun cameos in there. Um, uh uh, Travis and Dev are both at the lunchroom table during the. Um, oh my god, I see them! 
And then uh, Casey Pierce is on page three. She's the evaluator um, during the opening scene. Okay. Got it. Okay. There we go. See, that's that's so funny. <laughs> like these are all people. These are like my friends. These are, these are people we know. I know. <laughs> like my friends are in your comic. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> but it's good though. It's good to you know be able to do a little you know homage to your buddies and, and yeah. people that you like. Well, let's be honest. It, it gives those people an excuse to buy the book. Uh, hey, look, I'm in this. Of course it does, but who cares? I mean, Dev is just a if, – if you you know Devin. I oh, mean, yeah. Devin can go – he likes to be on everything. He likes to be naked in most things. I mean, he's not naked <laughs> in aware. that. So I'm, I'm really proud that you decided not to put him mostly naked in your comic because he would have loved it so much. Oh, of course, uh, of course. I'm I think my – Go ahead. I think my favorite of the cameos was when um, I approached uh, Comfort and Adam about it, and because they were like one of the first people that supported me in the industry, they did the um, the cover for my very first um, volume of Man Watch Batman, and they've been a huge help to me. So I asked them, like when I was finally getting around to making Corpse Corp a thing, if they wanted a cameo in it, and I warned them, like you know, I really like to give you guys a cameo in the book, but I'm giving you fair warning if you guys do this. You guys are going to get brutally murdered on page two. Right. Like, it's not going to, you're not going to be there very long. And it's kind of funny that you say that because I didn't realize that that was them. But, um, I, I did a panel with Comfort like last year, um, at, uh, Cherry Capital up in Traverse City. And I thought that looked like her. And, but I was like, oh, whatever. Even though it said that there were cameos in the beginning, uh, you know, kind of warns you that there's going to be cameos of people that you know. And that makes a whole lot of sense. You guys did a good job. <laughs> Absolutely. They, um, the funny thing I joke around with them is that because that was the same page as we kept going with, whenever we would switch artists, mm-hmm. like we just kept doing that same two pages, unfortunately, over and over again. So, you know, they volunteered to do it, but now I have like three different versions from three different artists of them getting brutally murdered. You know, I feel like that's, uh, it's one of the, the nicest things a horror writer can do for you is kill them in their book. I've been, <laughs> I've been killed in a jerk Manning book. So I guess my head exploded though. I was like, that's really not a nice way to kill me, man. Like, that's like, right. It's very, you know, classic sci-fi though. I mean, it is, you know, you know, scanners. It's, you know. Yeah, but it was, it was mystery three and I was in space. I don't know. My head shouldn't have exploded. I feel like I should have gotten like sucked out into space. Do you have a problem with the science behind the death? Or? A little bit. And plus, I mean, like my face is like, the like only a... thing I have going for me. So I'm like, my head had to explode. <laughs> really, you couldn't leave that intact. But you know, beggars can't be choosers, right? Right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah it was the whole like homage death thing was where we got around with um with Sally's character from the she's one of the she's the the titular last girl in the remaining issues when i first uh created this comic it was originally made as kind of like a kind of like a love letter to my wife where because she's the one that got me into horror movies and got me into you know loving a lot of this kind of stuff and so the joke she always used to make back when this was going to be a movie is that you know if i made a horror movie then she's got to be the one to die first and originally that's how corpse corp was written but after a while you know i liked the idea better of actually having her character be the last girl so from there you know jack was written based off of me and sally was you know uh yeah was written based off of my wife jack and sally Aww. and so it kind of you know kind of grew from there at least it wasn't diane 
<laughs> Jack and Diane. <laughs> there would have been a little ditty <laughs> about Jack and Diane. <laughs> Two American kids. There we go. In the heartland. Well, you know, that was, that was enough to disrupt the flow of the interview. So what we're going to do, no, it's okay. It's, yeah, you know, bad, we need to take bad. a quick break anyway. It's totally good. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get back with Ken Johnson. We're going to talk about some of the other, uh, pies he has his fingers. And I know it sounds really strange, but just you, you'll hear about it when we get back. And we'll break. be right back. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, this is uh, how long is this break? Yeah, six minutes. Okay, yep. So you got six minutes, and um, we'll uh, you know do like the whole reint- we'll reintroduce you. You're uh, you're cutting out a little bit because the music. It, it's because of the music. Sorry. You're listening to the Way Station podcast with Megan and Stephanie. Yes, Megan and Stephanie are here. Hello, and we also have Ken Johnson in the house. Hey, hey. <laughs> woo! <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked about um, the stuff that you're you're writing, but you do other stuff than writing. You actually have your own podcast, which I'm interested to hear about. It's called Dead Men Tell All Tales, and it's a weekly podcast. Uh, tell us, tell us more. Well, we do a couple of different uh, smaller podcasts, but this is the main one that we've been trying to get going for the last couple of weeks. Um, Dead Men Tell All Tales is a very like laid back, uh, just uh, you know, one on one podcast to do with my podcast partner Travis, and we each week do kind of a you know a roundup of some of the more interesting nerd news going on throughout the week, and then we pick a fun like major topic each week that we talk about whether like last week it was about tv reboots or um sometimes we've done ones uh you know our first episode we did what an episode called uh when good movie when bad movies get worse and we <laughs> talked about like you know our like guilty pleasure bad movies but also like movies that like everyone else thinks are bad that you know we kind of defend a little bit or um and kind of go you know, go crazy doing that. And then starting next week, we're we've been backlogging episodes for quite a while now. But we're launching the uh, the man who watched podcast, which is kind of like a podcast version of what I do with the Batman books, mm-hmm. where um, our first unit we're doing is me and Travis are going through and doing a podcast an episode all the way through the uh, Young Justice television show. Huh. Which I currently just finished. Well, actually, I, f- I didn't, I can't say currently, but I watched like the entirety of it in like two days. I had like two <laughs> days off of work and I was just like, play. binge watch. <laughs> and let me tell you, like watching the final moments of season two, knowing now that there's going to be a third season rather than watching it back when you figured that's all you're going to get is a lot, you know, more uplifting experience. <laughs> Because it's back when before we knew that we were getting a third season, it was just devastating with how good the setup for season three was at the end of the second season. I haven't watched it, so I don't know. Maybe I'm going to have I I feel like I should now because everybody's watching it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Long story short, it is their take and trying to do a young, you know, a Justice League type show, but about the underdogs, about the sidekicks and like their team and. Um, how they do everything so they take a lot of lesser known or sometimes like intentionally not very very well liked you know characters from dc comics and give them their time to shine and the writing is just ridiculously good like 
it's one of the best serialized um you know superhero things i've ever seen on television awesome does it have the wonder twins in it there's a there's references i think uh, I, a, I i enjoy the wonder twins form of a bucket of water yes <laughs> good stuff sometimes when i go out with my friends who who know who the wonder twins are like i'll just go through that whole sequence and i'll just say like form of something like really terrible that's like you know maybe involves water but like, like in a really adult kind of a way wonder <laughs> twin powers activate form of a wet tampon oh no no, no i didn't no, say no. bloody i just said wet. i, I know what water. you said <laughs> i know what you okay. said <laughs> yeah sometimes we get a little gross on the show it's kind of our thing that would be such a good show though <laughs> it would be <laughs> Oh, it's it's okay, Megan. You, you can laugh. <laughs> These evil villains will never find me disguised as this bong water. I right, <laughs> never ever. <laughs> that is so horrible, but, but true. it's good. <laughs> um, you also have a YouTube show that sounds like I. Now you said you were relaunching the show. Does that mean I'm assuming you've done a, a YouTube show before then you're trying to relaunch that? Yeah. I mean, mainly it's been, I've been experimenting with a format for some time now. Um, a ways back, I came up with an idea for a show I wanted to do on YouTube called Saturday morning fever, which the idea of it was I wanted to make a show about Saturday morning cartoon shows because as much as I love Batman, there's so many other really good or really bad or just really interesting shows that like never, you know, get to see the light of day. And, um, originally the way I had pitched it is it was going to be more of like an MST three K kind of show where I would get a, you know, get a lot of either my comic book friends or people like that together. And we would, you know, I'd find like the worst or the most hilarious, you know, Saturday morning cartoon shows and, you know, we'd all just like sit around and watch them together on webcams or whatever and, you know, and post those onto the channel. But the problem was that either it'd be too difficult to schedule people or after a while, like all it was talking about was the really bad shows. And I kind of wanted to give some credit to the good ones. So I've been trying lately to get a better feeling for how I want to write it, how I edit it and try to make it more of just a slightly more traditional review where I can actually talk about you know, Saturday morning cartoon shows that are like really worth talking about because there's a lot of them that go under the radar that are fantastic that, you know, I'd like to shed some light on. I haven't watched Saturday morning cartoons in forever because it's, I'm either usually working, um, on like writing stuff or sleeping. Do they even exist anymore? I mean, like, no, does, the, does that appointment based television even happen? Cartoon shows ended in 2012. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, I think it was the CW Flash. Uh, was, was the name of the the programming uh um set for it was the last network that was airing any oh yeah and it was, it was always the pod, there. first podcast topics on like the first podcast the i ever did was that like this is the weekend where the final saturday morning cartoon shows will air oh yeah i remember a bowl of super sugary cereal in my lap cornflake <laughs> hannah no, screw cornflakes. Uh, unless you put like flakes ahead, like have a whole cup of sugar. No. Exactly. Yeah, well, that's what. See, but when you're poor, it's cornflakes, and then you add the sugar. Well, it's yeah. not frosted flakes. Um, white box government cornflakes. <laughs> putting sugar on top. Yeah, and then you know Hanna Barbera's Laugh Olympics and Thundar the Barbarian, and uh, right there. 
That's the only yeah, thing I remember. Yeah, I'm trying to think like uh, Herculoids, old school space ghost. Um, I remember, I remember you know. Gloop and Gleep from the, the, the <laughs> those guys were amazing. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> now, Your head just shook like in a really strange way. <laughs> you did mention they, that they stopped doing Saturday morning cartoons in 2012. I think that was the date that they did, or at least that, that, that it was a steady thing where a you know like a, where a cable network would you know have like an eight to eleven block so go on i think that was the right last then. year what was that uh, the mayans were right yeah, was it december of 2012 that they ended <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's what they were talking about the whole time we didn't realize they were just talking about the death of saturday morning cartoon shows right it was an apocalypse it was a great change the in end the of Sa- the end of saturday morning cartoons and Snooky gave birth. I feel like the Mayans were really, really close on that <laughs> oh my one. Gosh, really. No, that's a, yeah, it's a strange coincidence. But see, now we have Saturday night cartoons on like Adult Swim, which I really like a lot of. Those. Yeah, yeah. But so. is it like Ducktales and Woody Woodpecker? And well, no, Huckleberry it's not. It's, no, it's, it's like, that shit. It's like Samurai Jack. <laughs> Heavens to Megatroid. Exit. Yeah. The, the fun thing with Toonami is Toonami was you know one of the very few places that you'd have like a network of like actually mixing you know american shows and japanese shows like you know back to back from each other which was like a really cool thing and that i think that um that cartoon block you know meant a lot to a lot of people and then i think it was only a couple years ago when toonami came back on an april fool's prank of all things they loved they loved to do that at adult swim they just mess with people i mean it was one hell of a prank because it was like everyone knows that the traditional toy with me you know prank they do is that on uh, at midnight on april fool's day they interrupt whatever is currently playing and they play the room at like 1201 <laughs> which is like so the what worst. they did is they they interrupted for the room at 1201 and then like at 1203 toonami came back on it's like brand new animation and they're playing like inuyasha reruns oh and like old school gundam and they didn't advertise it anywhere they literally wanted to see just off of like facebook and twitter how fast people would tune into Cartoon Network. Oh my god. And it was just ridiculous. Like a lightning strike yes. just spread out everywhere, I'm sure. Cause it's a ripple effect. They just drop a little pebble in there and they're like, just wait for it. Wait for it. There's a freaking tsunami. Hey, you know what works on the internet? Angry nerds. Angry nerds are amazing marketing oh on the gosh, internet. Yes. And then people couldn't decide if it was a prank or not. Then at the very end of it, they're like, yeah, hashtag bring back tsunami. And like, and then it's like three days later, it's like on their official page, like hashtag Toonami's back bitches. And I'm like, holy crap. Oh, man. (laughs) That's amazing. Life is good sometimes (laughs) or sad sometimes, whatever. Eh, Not important. So your, um, pardon me, your show, um, do you know, you have like any idea when you're going to be bringing it back? Um, We're going to try to do an episode every Saturday. Our first episode is launching this uh this next coming saturday our first episode i'm doing is based off of a um a cult following french animated show called code lyoko that was really big back in 2000 oh my god i remember that i don't remember that at all wow no dude i remember code lyoko good job megan sorry Stephanie, you just made me really happy that's just megan's thing there could be a brand new song on the radio and i'd be like hey did you hear this she goes yeah i heard it like a month ago I'm like it's brand new today but I already heard it. That's just how it is. She's tuned. She's tuned in to the universe. She's Look, got her ear to the ground, man. It might be stupid, but I swear to God, I know. I know a decent amount of things to get by She's in like, life. Oh, I know that. I synced it. 
<laughs> yeah, it was um, back in its day. Code Lyoko was just kind of one of the first shows that did a you know a combination two D three D animation format because they had like this matrix like yeah. you know like video game world that they'd go into. So when you're awesome. in the real world, it's all two D animated, but when they go into the you know into Lyoko, then everything looks like a you know like a like a GameCube video game. So it's kind of like, you know, how, wait, can you, you can watch this? Like, how are you watching this? Are you watching this off of Amazon Prime as well? Um, actually, a lot of these older shows, you know, you can actually just catch, you know, re uploaded videos on YouTube. Really? Like, um, a lot of companies, you know, especially these older ones, the smaller companies aren't as strict with some of their copyright stuff. So people have, you know, like just, you know, archived these shows. Because, I mean, especially in the old <laughs> shows nice I was doing They've where the I was doing, like, the bad shows, a lot of those, some of them didn't even get DVD releases. So the only way you can find them is through <laughs> fan-made archives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I'm we're sorry. laughing. Tom's phone just went off. He didn't turn the volume off, and it was just the worst sounding thing of all time. <laughs> it was it was worse than my gloop and gleep. Yes. <laughs> oh, I know, I know what it was. Yeah. Oh, I am so sorry. I am so that's sorry. It. But yeah, no, I, I think that's a really polite, nice way of putting it is that people are quote unquote archiving these shows for them. Yeah, that's, that's, that's sort of like the, you know, software CDs that I used to give the, the, on the blank CDs to my friends. I'd be like, Hey, and I would write on it, uh, for backup and archival purposes only. Uh, right. And oh, by the way, here's the license key. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kids, you want a couple of hours of AOL online? <laughs> right. I could totally hook you a- up right now. I got about 40 AOL discs. <laughs> oh my God. AOL online. Does, does that even exist? Yes. It's, it's still it's a thing. Still a Tom's thing. There are it poor alive. people that still use it because they're ignorant. They're ignorant. <sighs> it's ignorant. It's ignorant. You're ignorant. But anyway, I mean, if you guys, you, you know, if you use Cody, you could probably find all this stuff anyway. Oh, Cody, I'm sure. Cody has which, everything. We're not telling you to go get butcher shit. I'm just saying, if you if you have access to Cody, you can download or no, you can watch. You don't download anything. You stream. You stream it. Yeah. You so can when watch we go home today, we're random. watching Code Lyoko. There you go. See, maybe Ken, you got her all excited. <laughs> I couldn't all right. watch Leprechaun yesterday. <laughs> so, it wouldn't love. Yeah, we know what the first two episodes are going to be. I'm doing that one, and then my next episode, the week after, is going to be. I'm doing a uh, comparison of the the original like 1980s He-Man to the 2002 reboot He-Man. Oh, jeez. Because that's just one of those weird shows where I watch the new rebooted He-Man. I'm like, this show is so good. Why does no one ever talk about this? Can I Like, it just everyone forgets about it. Like, they somehow came up with a way to let Skeletor keep his ridiculous nasal nasal voice and still be, like, one of the most intimidating villains you'd ever hear. (laughs) (laughs) I just uh, was talking about Skeletor, um, I think, earlier today. Yes, you were. But I used the word... Yeah, but wasn't it in reference to a certain girl or something? It was in reference to how my sister looks. She kind of looks like Skeletor. You sure? Yeah. Or it's because you overheard her having sex one time and she was like, yes, oh, yes, no, no, yes, no, 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 yes, ew, you failed me for the last time, beast man. <laughs> <laughs> and a shiver just went through the room. <laughs> you know, I've got to say, I never thought I'd have a working segue to get to this story. <laughs> You're welcome. So there's a tradition among me and my friends where every New Year's we watch the live action He-Man and the Masters of the Universe movie oh, starring so Dolph Lundgren and it's amazing. Uh, a young Courtney Cox of all people. Um, and so obviously throughout the movie, we started just randomly doing Skeletor impersonations like the almighty Skeletor and just the, all of us started doing it. 
And then like halfway through, we all just started, yeah, like all like <laughs> intertwined with each other. And we were all drinking at this point. And then all of a sudden, no, without, I just said, why does it sound like we're having like an all Skeletor three way, right? Now? <laughs> oh my- I couldn't hear the movie for five minutes because we couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> Uh, that is perhaps one of the best moments in our interview history, oh. what you just said right there. <laughs> Thank you, Tom and Ken. I feel like that I know, needs to be right? isolated and thrown into your intro. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we do need to update the intro, so you, yes. might, you might get put in our intro, just so you know. <laughs> the um, If you want to, there's also a really funny one to look back at. And like a, when we back when we used to do the riff tracks, we have a really funny episode we did last uh, two Christmases ago where Travis and Devin sat with me and watched all the way through the the He-Man She-Ra Christmas Spectacular. Oh, my, oh my God. God. Did, like, did, do you not like them? Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's another one where Devin sat with me and we watched Street Sharks together. Uh, I love Aww. Street Sharks, okay? I street Sharks street are sweet. Sharks. That's, I'm I think not, that's I'm where my that obsession life. with sharks came from, period. <laughs> but it's Street Sharks. It's like so wrong, but it's so right. It's, it's just, just like, I, it's, it's not even necessarily a bad show. It's you watch it for like five minutes. And you're like, this is the most 1990s thing I've ever seen in my life. Hey, remember the 90s? They were fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, yes. My, my wife still lives in the 90s. We, <laughs> my, my wife has like one of the biggest VHS collections you will ever see. She's like, every time we, we leave the house, it's like we had to go to a Goodwill. We got to go to Salvation Army. And now we have like. 600 tapes we have tape collections in like every room of our house that's hopefully they all work because you know sometimes people well they've stopped making players now like the the last vhs production company is making them no more they're out yeah Yeah. that was like three years ago i think no uh, just november i was gonna say they were making those uh, duels where it was like you can get like a cd player or a dvd DVD player dvd vhs combos the problem with the combo units is that one of them number one they all inevitably suck because they can't they can't do one thing right let alone multiple things (laughs) and then one of the components in it breaks and then you're screwed yeah you don't even so you can, you can use it. you can use the VHS player out of that combo unit and the DVD player out of that combo unit and <laughs> and now my TV needs more inputs. <laughs> Plus, a lot of them are more based in upscaling. So if you're going right. for like the way you watch it, like it, like in our room, like we have like the like the V we have the V the T the CRTV that she's had her entire childhood and the VCR I had through my childhood and we put the two of them together and that's where we watch all of our VHS tapes on. Aww. Aww, jinx. <laughs> <laughs> See, I remember I remember as a kid, I really wanted a, a VHS player in my room. I remember going out and buying one for 20 bucks, saving up my money so I can get a VHS player. And I Lord only knows where that thing is now. <laughs> Probably holding open someone's door or something. It, it's a it, paperweight. It's in a dumpster somewhere. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> you got to get the tape rewinder, too, so you're not wearing out the VCR. Exactly. We have the other VCR I had as a kid is currently in my old roommate's garage. We, used to, we tried to build a man cave down there at one point, and there's a tape stuck in it. So it's like it's a perfectly working VCR. If all you ever want to watch is Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Use. Well, yes. <laughs> like, if that's the only movie you want to watch, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> or, you know, it just you find people who want to watch it and then you allow them to watch it. There you go. Yeah. The charge admission. Yeah, know? I was about to say it'd be like going to the movie theaters for like a dollar show. <laughs> right. Like, hey, it's in or my garage. You get a and screwdriver here's... and a butter knife and you disassemble the VCR <laughs> and use the butter knife to pop the tape out. 
Well, my husband's done that. Unfortunately, our time here is coming to a close, which is really sad. Kenneth like has been a really <laughs> it's, <laughs> yes, it's, it's it's been really fun talking to you, and I'm super excited about all your projects and uh, your podcast and your YouTube show. Like, sound really fun. So, um, if people are trying to find you and they want to, you know, locate your podcast and you know find your YouTube show and find you and find your work, where can they do that? Absolutely. Well, if you'd like to, uh, right off the bat, so if you'd like to track track down your copy of The Man Who Watched Batman, Volumes 1 through 3, uh, you can find all of them for $10 at, um, at just on Amazon. Just look up The Man Who Watched Batman. Um, if you want to find Corpse Corp, you can find it on drivethroughcomics.com. Um, if you want to check out my podcast stuff, you can check us out at soundcloud.com slash deadmaninc or look us up. Deadman Inc. on iTunes, or if you want to check out Saturday Morning Fever or any of the other fun stuff I do on YouTube, just youtube.com slash Deadman Inc. And I also, if you um, are a video game person, I stream on Twitch. I stream Pokemon Nuzlocke runs, and I also am currently training to do a full uh, uninterrupted run of Super Ghouls and Ghosts, which is one of the most difficult video games no, ever created. That game will your- destroy your face. What is your uh, Twitch name so I can follow you? Uh, it's just twitch.com slash deadmaninc. Deadmaninc? Okay. Yeah. I'm currently working my way through a Pokemon Yellow Nuzlocke, and Gen 1 Nuzlocks are, like, the most difficult ones to do. You sound like a very busy man, and I, I feel like I feel like our listeners are connecting to everything you're saying right now. I would really hope so, because <laughs> it's I love doing it all, so... It's nice to see people find people that are interested. Heck yeah, it is. Well, thank you so much, Ken. I again, I, I'm so glad that we could actually finally make this work. I apologize for the the last time I had a migraine and we couldn't do the show, and I felt really terrible because you took time off, and that was really cool of you. But thank you so much for being on today. It was a lot of fun. And- Absolutely, I loved coming on here. Um, can't wait to can't wait to see you guys again. I'll probably. I'll bump into you at Cherry Capital for sure. Oh, you're, are woo, you going to be there this year? Woo. I'm probably going to be there just a Saturday, but I will try to be there. Okay. It'd be, it'd be great to see you. I'm going to be there all weekend. So, um, yeah, sounds awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And this is, uh, the end of this episode of the way station. So and long, farewell. I know it's so sad. I need to say adieu. Megan, she's ready for a nap. Adieu. Uh, do, oh, do, sounds do, like she's wide it was either, either going to be the sing out or, you know, I could always just we could do the, um the, you know, the old school Saturday morning cartoon show exit like tune in next time to the way station podcast. <laughs> I love that. It. We're pulling that. that we're pulling too. that Head isolated. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, I I want to finish on that, but I, I have to I have to finish the way we always finish. Oh. Thank you for listening. And until next time, keep it indie, guys. Deuces. Yes. Welcome to the Waystation. To ensure travelers' safety and comfort, please deposit your baggage at the door. The Waystation encourages open discussions. All stories are also accepted. Rest from your journey through life. Enjoy your stay, and please come again. <laughs>